Evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night's episode of Fig and Lock Talk. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Lock. Hey, we're back, and we've got some fun topics for you to, uh, tonight. Yes, we do. So it's Wednesday, uh, so you know that means comic books have come out, so we got some comic book reviews. Yeah. Gotham is back. Yes, sir. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Chris Rock was at the Oscars, did a hell of a job. Yeah, some, you know, out the park. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some controversy, but for the most part, I thought he did a fantastic job. We can talk, also going to hit a little bit on Peyton Manning. Looks like he's going to be forced to retire. You know, we, we saw the report of the weekend that he was going to retire. Now maybe he's thinking not to retire, and, you know, we'll yeah, see what happens. Yeah, looking at that. And then, of course, as for all the locals out there, Redskins News, Kirk Cousins' contract is uh, under controversy right now. Need him. I mean, we oh, we definitely need him. Need him. Uh, but he wants that $20 million contract. Right now the Redskins want to lowball him. So we'll see. We'll talk about that toward the end a little bit. But first, let's kick it off with some comic book news. So this is, it's Wednesday. Wednesday, as we know, is uh, comic book release day. And I got some really hot titles for you guys to check out this week. Um, the first I want to hit on is for the ladies. Now, everyone knows that there aren't a lot of strong female superheroes out there. And this particular comic book, has a, is a, the title character is someone that people have wanted to see have her own movie for a really long time. But they're just—they haven't given it to her yet. So I bring you first issue, Black Widow number one, awesome title. Uh, artwork is popping. It's kind of—it's kind of a cross between Frank Miller's artwork and you remember the old serials like the Dick Tracy artwork back in the day. Where you know it's I of, love some Dick Tracy. Oh, I know. So remember the old Dick Tracy kind of the, the blocky kind of like old vintage 30s yeah like, like a little noir yeah exactly so it's kind of a cross between the frank miller and like the old vintage serials this comic brings it right out the bat right out the, like black widow is kicking ass from the very first frame and it carries on page by page um you uh, you see her she comes in in the office and there's a there's a over the loudspeaker maria hill uh who in the avengers movies is played by colby smolders so uh, yeah. uh, she comes out over the loudspeaker and she's telling everybody, hey, we need to get Black Widow. Do not let her escape. She needs to be detained. And you, there's very little dialogue, but you, from the little dialogue that there is, you find out that she's stolen something very important to S.H.I.E.L.D. But she is kicking ass. Um, it, like, it, it reminds me of Captain America, Winter Soldier, seeing Captain America just lay down S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in that elevator. It's that kind of action, panel by panel, off the chain. There's a great fight scene where she actually bursts out the side. She blows up a a hole in the side of a helicarrier, and she's plummeting to the ground. Hmm. And S.H.I.E.L.D. agents follow her using jetpacks, and she hijacks a jetpack to get herself back down on the ground. It's just nonstop action the the, the entire book. So for you women out there who are looking for a character to connect with and you want something fast-paced, someone that you can connect that you can just connect with and enjoy, Black Widow number 1, get on this. It's a really really good book. Uh, the next one I want to bring you, probably my uh, next favorite is Marvel Standoff Assault on Pleasant Hill. So in this comic, we see the uh, there's old Captain America for those of you who aren't aware or need a little backstory, Captain America at one point had died. Then he came back, but he lost his he lost his abilities, and when he lost his abilities, he aged significantly, and he passed his abilities and the shield on to uh, Hawkman, uh, his his buddy, and gave him, and he became the new Captain America. 
and they would be let a new group of Avengers. I know he could pass his abilities off. Well, I think he, not his abilities, but he gave the shield, okay. the, the coveted shield, to to Hawkman. So in this issue, Captain America stumbles upon a conspiracy inside of Shield. At the same time, Hawkman is uh, runs across. Winter Soldier, who apparently is doing un, un, uh, in his old ways again, uh, blowing up shield bases, and Hawkeye is trying to track him down, figure out what's going on. The two end up meeting each other, and he lets Hawkman know there is a conspiracy inside of Shield in which the Cosmic Cube has been used to alter realities. So this forces Captain America and Hawkman in, in two separate parallel stories to. Force Maria Hill to take him to take have Captain America take her her take him excuse me to this place called Pleasant Hill, which is where Shield has used the Cosmic Cube to alter the realities of supervillains that they've captured and put them in like a 1950s village where they all get along and it's like a perfect kind of Smallville kind of mentality. But unfortunately, while they're there, this effect is destroyed. Or is diminished, and the villains are managed to rise up. So it leaves us with a cliffhanger where uh, Captain America and Maria Hill are cornered by Baron Zemo and a number of villains who have snapped out of this coma, if you will. And the event, uh, uh, Hawkman with the Avengers is, or I should say, the new Captain America is on his way with the Avengers. Artwork is on point. The panels are bright and sharp. The story is com- is extremely compelling. And it gets you, and it sucks you in. There's characters like uh, Sel, uh, Professor Selvig is in there from Thor, the Dark mm-hmm. World, and the Avengers. He gets brought in as a character in the comic book. Uh, if you're a fan of the movies and that's all you really know about the Avengers, it's going to touch on a lot of very familiar uh, familiar themes like the Cosmic Cube, um, you know, she, uh, Shield conspiracies, things of that nature. So, good book. Check it out. The last book I want to talk about, Spider-Man number two. Uh, this one, I actually had to go back and find Spider-Man number one, which apparently is so popular, it was sold out in a lot of locations. I managed to track it down at Trilogy Comics, thankfully, because uh, this is my first was my first introduction to Miles Morales as Spider-Man. And if you don't know, Miles Morales is the black Hispanic Spider-Man, uh, who, same origin, bitten by a radioactive spider, and takes up the mantle of Spider-Man. Uh, in this particular book, he comes to the rescue of the Avengers. The Avengers are fighting uh, the son of Mephisto called uh, the Black Heart, and Black Hearts come to the world to uh, subjugate it and have them bow down before him. And while the, with the Avengers knocked out, Miles Morales faces off against him and actually defeats him. Uh, along with, and he's also joined by the re- the regulars, Peter Parker, Spider Man as well. What's compelling, I think, most about this book: artwork is great, action is fantastic. It's the cover. The cover is fantastic too. The cover is compelling because yeah. he's he's wearing a Spider-Man outfit that's black and red, but he has a Captain America shield in his hand. Exactly. So it's like, yep, this guy. It's, it's something different about it, you know. It's just not. I mean, he looks like Spider-Man. He looks skinny, you know. What I mean, with skinny cut, but there's definitely like there's, it seems like there's it's like an edge to it. Like he doesn't look. Mm-hmm. It's different. It is different. There's and, a lot of different Spider-Man though. I remember playing a lot of different games where you have like all these different Spider-Man. Right, from a different. There's, there's a. I forget the one. that's like Spider-Man Across Time or something. Yeah, like Spider-Man New War, yeah. Spider-Man yeah. 2000 something. Something. Yeah. What's I like about this? So what is cool is one seeing Spider-Man with Captain America's shield is is awesome. Seeing him fight with the shield is really neat. 
But I think what's most compelling about this story, so there's a point in the book where his his mask gets cut or, or, or ripped and Spider-Man tells him, hey, you should get out of here because your face is exposed and you don't want people to identify you. He says, no, I need to stay and help you dispatch this guy. Well, in the so someone you know we're the age of cell phones. Someone takes video of him fighting, and they see he's got like he's got he's got the mask is torn, and he's a black man underneath. And they they start calling him the Black Spider Man, and it really hurts him as an individual because he doesn't want to be. I mean, the real Spider Man has told him, "You are Spider Man now. Like you you're taking it on. You're going to be Spider Man now." So Peter Parker's like stepping down. He's not stepping down, but he's he's got other things going on. He's more of an international Spider Man at this point, not hmm. New York City Spider Man anymore. Yes. So he tells him, like, you're the Spider-Man, and it really hurts him because he's like, I don't want to be black Spider-Man, you know? I'm not, first off, I'm not even entirely black. I'm partially Hispanic as well, and so it really kind of gets to him, gets underneath his skin that I'm the black Spider-Man. It's kind of like, if you ever heard the Gabriel Iglesias bit where he talks about how he's always referred to as the Latino comic, Gabriel Iglesias, and he had to go all the way halfway around the world. Before someone called him American comic, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the same thing here. And it, what's cool about it too is it's got a lot of the same tones of your normal Spider-Man. You know, he's in college, he's wrestling with trying to date and make good grades and be Spider-Man at the same time. So a lot of familiarity here with you know classic Spider-Man. But you can see the because the city is used to white spider-man and the, the regular spider-man he's up against this like bar that's already been set so and but at the same time the regular spider-man peter parker spider-man even makes comments though that hey the city never liked me hopefully they'll like you better than they liked me so hmm. you know and it seems like the city is already taken to this new spider-man more than the old one so wow uh, even the avengers when they come to and they find that what he's done like they even are really appreciative and they want to get him on board so good books check them out uh, the pan- this book leaves you with a little bit of a cliffhanger where they're talking about, you know, now there's a new Spider-Man where all the old Spider-Man villains come out of the woodwork and try to seek their revenge. And it leaves with uh, a close-up on um, uh, one of his major villains, the white cat girl with the white hair. Is it Shadow? No, not Shadow Cat. I don't remember. I don't know if she's a villain. I think she's like an anti-hero. But. Probably. Anyway, that's our comic review uh, for this week. Um, check it out. A lot of good, a lot of good stuff. Books came out this week. I, again, if if you're gonna get any one of these this week, pick up Black Widow number one. At first, I was gonna get it because I'm a guy. I don't really necessarily connect with female superheroes, but I decided to check it out. I'm glad I did. It was action from start to finish. Good stuff. All right, so let's talk about. Let's get to a subject that we both can talk about. Gotham. Yeah. How excited were we about Gotham? I would say that I wasn't. I, I was pretty pumped for it. I've already explained my feeling on Mister Free, so I was. I came in the episode with a little bit of reserve. I was kind of watching, like, okay, let's see how this plays out with the whole Doctor Fry's. Yeah, you know. yeah. I little, like I like how they they didn't. Uh, he's not Victor Freeze yet. He's Victor Fries. Victor Fries, <laughs> you know. And I, I wonder how these people have these. Exclude these huge basements in Gotham, man. This dude's basement was this gigantic. Oh, I know. Giant freezers. <laughs> his electricity bill is ridiculous. For his wife to not know that this is happening downstairs is ridiculous. I thought there were rats. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you really Miss Fries? Really? You know what I mean? But um, we well, you know what though. You know what though? She's a round the way girl. I'll tell you why. Because 
she sees, comes face to face with this horror <coughs> in her basement. And when she's confronted by the cops about it, she says, you know what? My husband did this for me. I'm not turning him in. I was like, that is a wife right there, man. Like, there, like cause in a lot of TV shows, the wife would find out this horrible thing. Like, you said bug me about Breaking Bad. His wife was so not on board. That's like, he's one doing, of the podcasts. He's, don't I know. He's, but he's doing all this to save the family and, you know, take care of his no, kids. No, no, no. Not only did he do it off the family, she was in on this man. Yeah. And she would, like, totally give him shit all the time. But here's... I love that there's this wife that's just confronted by this horrible thing that her husband's doing. She's like... He did it for me. Skyler on Breaking Bad is like the worst wife in any movie <laughs> show. I want her to die in so yeah. many ways. Like I have never felt somebody should have died on a TV show more than Skyler. Other than the old guy from The Walking Dead right. from like season two, whatever, like, who's trying to fight like, we should be democratic. Dude, his zombie apocalypse. The strong survives. <laughs> we should vote on this. Old man? No. <laughs> I, I, I want him to die like episode four. Yeah. Well, you know. I, I tell you, that's one of the things I love about Gotham right now is that, uh, for example, uh, Jim Gordon's girlfriend, played by our girl from Deadpool. Love her. Uh, why can't I get her name? Love her. She's so great. But she, too, like, she's been sticking with Jim, you know, through all the, through all the crap. You know, well, Jim's the, lying dead to her face, and she's just fully trusting, and that's different. But still, but even then, where he, the, the things that he has confessed to her, like he has confessed he's done some pretty bad things. Yeah, and she's like, and she's you know still what? like, you know what? It is, you do live in Gotham. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, uh, the only female character who's turned her back on Jim was Barbara Gordon, and that sent her down a, a rabbit hole of crazy. Did she go? Did she end up getting sent to Indian Hill? I don't remember. I don't remember she, either. Yeah, I know she's coming back. So. I heard this season they're bringing Fish Mooney back. They are, and I'm not entirely excited about I'm that. I'm kind of excited about it. I Dude, like Fish Mooney. I thought Jada Pinkett's character on that show was the worst part of that entire show. Really? I, it's just so overacted, man. She played that role. She played that role way too hard. I'm going to get you, Jim. Hello, Penguin. Well, she I always was, talk like this. I have a really weird lilt to my, a, to my voice. I mean, it was a character in the sense that I'm so overacting right now to look evil. No, she's being <laughs> she's being a villain, but not like overacting a villain, but like a villain that understands that her power struggle was that she wanted to be the next up. Sure, she knew yeah. Moroni was going to eventually step off, you know, so she wanted to be the next one up. And she understand being a woman. In that man's world, she had to play a little bit harder than everybody else did. She had Bush by her side. Now, I think Bush, his little character with a little drill in his hand, this is ridiculousness. I would say, though, this season's Gotham, please do not have your kids watch this. It is it's from episode one. It's like you saw well, some dude walk with his eyes chopped up. What I've, yeah. What I've, that, what that caught me off guard. What I love about this this season, first it was Rise of the Villains, now it's Wrath of the Villains, so you know they're going to step up their game. I mean, those... those um. Uh, those people getting frozen. I mean, those were actually pretty horrifying. And then watching that one guy like melt on the table. Yeah, I was wondering like, how this, far they would take it. Yeah, like, like, like we're gonna go to melts. bones. Like yeah. I was like, it, it was. I was and then I was like you said, like, the guy like you know Hugo Strange, you know, manipulating that one guy to cut his own eyes out by saying, you know, you see no evil. Like I, at first, when I heard him laughing in the thing, I was like, oh shit, is that the Joker? Like because he was laughing maniacally, like the mm-hmm. Joker did. But then he turns around, his eyes are missing. And you're just like, whoa. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not even like the eyes are stitched. Like, they left it like an open wound. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, whoa, why is this happening on this show, you know? And they got our boy B.D. Wong. Yeah. And I love that Hugo Strange is connected with Indian Hill. Like, I love how he goes in the elevator and he's like getting the update and he's and he's like, 
oh my god, we're only like months away from cryogenics, and this guy's already like doing it, you know? So, like he's he's in, like I think that's gonna it'll be interesting to see because I think the Joker's gonna pop out of this somewhere because we know that the guy that played Joker, Jerome. The, uh, that kid he made it down. He was the best. He made it down there to Indian Hill, so you know he's his body's he down there somewhere. He honestly played like one of the best Joker ever seen. Oh well, I loved about that episode. One episode he's in where they're like killing all the cops, and he's hanging on the back of the fire truck. The way that that is shot is exactly the way it looks when Dark Knight. With Hel- Heath Ledger yeah. is in the cop car, like doing his thing. So I think you can just see the parallels. They they know that this is their Joker, and they're like trying to paint him that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so. so it's definitely uh, definitely impressed. You know, I mean, uh, Gotham is going to it's going to do well this season. So we're going to see how it goes. I'm again, I'm just reserving the ideas. How young is young Master Bruce? Will, will young Master Bruce grow a little? Apparently, he's going to grow a little bit this season because he's going to come find the people that killed his parents. There's a preview, and he shows up at the door with a gun in his hand, knocking on the door. You killed my parents. So we're gonna find out. Master Bruce is gonna grow up a little bit this year. I'm gonna see young Master Bruce as he kicks some ass. Get get a little bit of get a little bit of man in him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because he's. I think when they chose this guy, they they might have chose they might chose wrong. Because this he's a young guy who his growth spurt isn't really hitting. Yeah, you know what I mean? Where you know the girl that he liked that one. Um, I forgot his name. Um, Gallivant's like niece. Uh, Silver Saint Cloud. There you go. Yeah, like. I saw her because she's also on the show The Goldbergs. Oh, is she really? Yeah, she plays. She played the neighbor girl, whatever. And then when she got the job on Gotham, they made her character on that show kind of like move away, right. whatever. So they had a long relationship, and she would pop up occasionally mm-hmm. in town to hang out with the son at the Goldbergs. But you could tell that she is like of teenager, f- 16, 15, 16. Young Master looks he's like 13, 14. Yeah. You know what I mean? He looks like a child. Even Catwoman looks like she's like 17, 18. So, right, I mean, right. it, it's kind of like, dude, um, um, well. well. See, my, my, my concern most about the show right now is they're going to run out of steam. The reason I say that is because they've put... They pushed the envelope. Every, everything that we wanted to see from the show, we're Begin. getting it in the second season. In droves. Yeah. Like they could, I mean, could we have not have spread this out just a little bit? Like, like I'm not sure. I don't know if I needed freeze right away. I mean, we could have waited the third season three. It, it, like, <laughs> is 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 Gordon? Is he going to be dirty? Like, is Gordon a dirty? Yeah, guy? exactly. Now I mean, I'm, we, I'm, we, I'm, com- I'm confused well, so, by him now. now. And this is what I love. So this is the DC universe for you right now. So it, I don't know if any like I know you don't watch it. I watch Flash. I love Flash. It, I think it's one of the, the best DC comic book TV shows on television right now. Actually, I think it's one of the best comic book television shows on right now. Um, and in that show, what they've done, DC has done masterfully, is they're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths. Which, if you're not familiar with DC comic book history, Crisis on in- there are the, DC has established there are infinite Earths out there. That's why multiple storylines with your favorite superheroes can exist because they exist on these different Earths. And Flash has been doing Earth One, Earth Two, so. And in that, we know there's going to be a Flash-Supergirl crossover, because Supergirl's on CBS, so there's, they're going to combine those worlds as well. But what's interesting is that the reason why Gotham can take the liberty of going outside of canon is because of the DC Infinite Earths concept. So this Gotham could may not be Dark Knight, like 
Gotham. Fair. It might not be Batman v Superman Gotham. Correct. This could be a wholly different Gotham because of the Infinite or Infinite Earths DC canon. And see, me as a, I like comic books. I like mm-hmm. this type of stuff. I was all right when Gotham got announced, and they said that flat out, we won't follow the comic books. Mm-hmm. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to yep. take the source material and do what we want. And if you tell me that from the beginning. I will take your show for what it is. Yeah, and I think and that's why I took Gotham as. Yeah. you know what I mean. But at the same time, I want to like you know you see things happen and you're seeing the Riddler. You oh know what yeah, I mean? he's still there. His oh, character's man. still major part of the show. You know, and you're seeing like the Penguin now. He's at Indian Hill. He's gonna be rehabilitated. What is this guy gonna do to him? Yeah, you know what I mean. Is he gonna make this guy like? Because eventually, you know, the penguin, his hands eventually turn penguin. Like eventually, sometimes. I mean, I've never seen penguin without. Do you think he'll be deformed? deformed? Why is he deform him? Maybe he may be because he saw him. He had him torturing. Yeah. He torture yeah, him a little yeah. bit. I mean, go a little crazy. I don't know. Like, it, what, it, it could go any angle. So you mentioned the Riddler. I've loved the what, what they've done with this character. This character's great. He, uh, and this episode in particular, watching him react the way he did to um, Harvey Bullock, call him an idiot, and crushing that flower in his hands. He is a sociopath now. Like before, he had some empathy because he was just that beat up, you know, little right. guy who just couldn't catch a break. Now he but that knows, character inside of him took yeah, over. Now. He, yeah, he knows he's, end, he's when he when he killed his yeah he killed his love. It, I forgot he, the name. He knows he's a killer now, and seeing him when Gordon comes to talk to him, you know, right after they like Harvey leaves, you can just see the sociopath in him. Just you know, just there's no expression, just no emotion. He's like, yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll, I'll take care of it. You know, it's like it's just straight face. And I love he his power. Yeah. He knows. He's not some weakling yeah, dude. And I love that you know, seeing I love him, seeing him and the penguin too working together where he's well that was great was when he asked the penguin if he needs anything and penguin's being all sentimental, oh you go by my mom's grave and put lilies down and he's like, like no, yeah. he's like fine, your mom, lilies, got it. You know, he doesn't care. Yeah. You know, he, he does that's fine. not what he wanted. He I don't was like, want that. I thought you, you want me to get you get out of here. Get, here start killing you want me people. get some stuff. Yeah. You want me to like, dude, let's do this. You know what I mean? You want to be sentimental, bitch, fine. I'll do what you need to do. But I'm here for you. You know yeah. what I mean? And that, I mean, you knew that last season when yeah. when he brought that one dude back to Penguin. Like, hey, this guy it was in the room when your mom died. Yeah. Do what you want to do. I don't know if I want he, to do it. He and he convinced this guy yeah. to kill him. Like, this, he's like, you know what? I'm going to kill him. I just, wonderful. I got him. He's yeah. in the room over here. And he was excited to do it. So, I mean, it's it's uh, the Riddler character, I would say, is sl- silently stealing kind of the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he is the... Uh, he is a villain of behind villains. He's the guy that once he becomes a villain, the Riddler could be a very scary sure. yeah. Riddler. Like in the past, Riddlers you've always known for Riddlers to be kind of like just oh, kind of playful. Right. I got a joke for you. Ha ha ha. This Riddler is a dark Riddler. Yeah. We've never seen a dark Riddler before. Right. Unless you unless you read the comics, you know you're like the only our only our only introduction to Riddler has been sixty six Batman, mm-hmm. which he was pretty much joking that. Yep. Uh, the Riddler in Jim Joel, Joel Schumacher's Riddler, Jim Carrey, which I feel like I don't think Jim Carrey necessarily did a bad job. I think it was he was it was bad writing. It was not the it was the it was the the idea, the yeah. directing, and just that. I mean, I, Jim Carrey would have played a great exactly, Riddler, but at the time, I don't think Jim Carrey would have took that role if it was dark. True. So there's that. But I mean, I'd say I think the closest thing we've gotten to a dark Riddler is animated series Batman. Fair. 
and the and the, the video games, the Rocksteady video Rock games. Rocksteady video games. We've actually Riddler seen a really, really dark Riddler. Yeah, he was a good one. But the you know the Riddlers in the, you know the, in the, so we've seen so far have been primarily a joke. But yeah. um, I'm excited to see what happens the rest of the season. This, I mean, like I said, my biggest fear is we're going to run out of steam because we're going to season three and like we've already revealed every major villain in 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 the ma- major villain in the Batman canon. Where do we go from here? Now, like you said, we've gone outside canon, so we've flipped, like, Barbara Gordon, obviously. I mean, we all, we all know Barbara's not going to be with Barbara Gordon at this point. At least we suspect, because she's gone crazy, and he's pregnant with this other woman. Yeah. So, which one, it worries me, because that means either, A, they're going to keep going down this road of, he's not going to be with Barbara, or B, she gets killed, his girl gets killed. And that really depresses me because I love her so much yeah. on the show. And it's not even just because she's, she's pretty. I really like her character a lot. I just really like her character. And I would hate to see her get killed. Yeah, her character that. fits. And yeah. it makes sense. So, I mean, there's no forcing of that character. So, I I would be ashamed to see that character go. And I'm fine. Like, the idea that maybe his wife won't be Barbara. That's a, that's a small it is. In, the, I mean, in the Juniper. Yeah, because even, even there's some confusion sometimes. Because, like, Barb, there's also Barbara Gordon... Batgirl, right? Who becomes Oracle, correct? So it's like, you know, that's deep, deep. It is Batman deep, deep. Lore. Yeah. So we're gonna, I mean, probably more deeper than we need to get for this podcast. But it, it, either way, if you're not watching Gotham, you need to get on the show. Must see TV. This show is probably one of the best. It is shows the best on show on television? Yeah, I, I would hands down. It's so good. The characters are so great. It's film. I mean, it, for prime time. They really push the envelope on this show. And it's a Fox show, so it even blows your mind even more because Fox is putting out something good. Yeah. But, I mean, this is the must-see show. Not Walking Dead. Yeah. Guys, we know what happens. There are zombies. Batman is bringing the fresh stuff every episode. What's going to happen? Well, and you don't have to watch the comic to enjoy it. Well, I will say this. I know you haven't seen it yet, but this, this, episode, this week's episode of Walking Dead was pretty good. <laughs> so we won't get into it here, but it is a, it is a good show. All right, let's move on from Gotham. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the Oscars. Um, first off, let's talk about the man of the hour, Chris Rock, his opening monologue. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I tell you, one thing I, one thing I, I loved about it was it was classic Chris Rock do, doing what Chris Rock does best, bring, drawing the racial divide to the forefront with a sense of humor and not making it not alienating people. Like you can, like you could be a white person in the audience and hear this stuff and not feel alienated, you know. But it 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 drive, it it made the so it brought the social issues surrounding Hollywood to the forefront. Um, so I thought he did a fantastic job. I love that bit that he said about is Hollywood KKK racist? No, they're not no, burning no. crosses in your front yard. You know, no, are they sitting in the back of the bus racist? No, no, not at all, no. not at all. But you know, they're more like a white sorority group. You know. We like you, but you're not a Kappa. You know, it's that was, so true. It, it was it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. It's so true. Um, Chris Rock, he did a great job from the point where it was masterful in the idea that when he approached racial ideas, he diffused this crowd by doing a black joke or actually putting black people in place. I.e. example, Jada Pickett Smith. Oh, and yeah. Smith. Yeah, he that was great. He oh, put them man, in place in the yeah, idea yeah, yeah. that, look, Jada, you weren't invited. Yeah. So I'm not sure. You're talking about your boycott in this place? So be it. Yeah. You weren't invited. Exactly. Oh, my God, Chris Rock, you should you should totally boycott this. But if I do, then Kevin Hart is going to do this thing. And exactly. I don't want to lose no job to Kevin which, Hart. Uh, yeah. That, you know, which I and was, that's hilarious. Yeah, which I thought was funny to me because, like, we, we talked about this the other day. Chris, I mean, Kevin Hart is everywhere, right? 
Yeah. To me, Chris Rock is a not. He's not just a black comic legend. He's a comic legend. Yes. Like, there's not a single person household that doesn't know who Chris Rock is. Bigger, right? blacker, bigger, back, bigger, yeah. blacker. I can't think of the last word, but it is definitely he, top five yeah. best comics. He's, he's been saying this. He's been saying stuff that we are, people need to hear forever. Like, uh, my, I mean, my favorite all time sketch, and don't take offense to this, is when he says, "You want to hide something? You put it in a book." Because read like that was like holy crap like he said that like it, it really shocked a lot of yeah. people and it was he said to an, a black audience and they were like wow like he's been saying a lot of stuff he's been putting out there and it just it's it, and you were like oh wow and it, it was so weird hearing it from another black person you know and i hope i didn't offend anybody no, not saying that. i mean it, I, you're you're totally you're quoting so you're fine yeah um they the idea is that Chris Rock, when he was on stage, it was masterful because he touched on a important issue, which is that Leo does get great roles every year. Yeah. And if they made a role for Best Black Friend, there'd be a lot of categories on a movie because there's a lot of black friends in movies. Right. Hey, the main character got a black friend. Who played Best Black Friend? Cool. That had been won by the, the night before. Right. By that one dude. Yeah. He would have he got that role for this year. But... A lot of black actors aren't getting premiere roles or roles as superheroes, which I, if you know me for a long time, I preached that horn for a long time. Right. I'm like, why can't a black actor get that role? And it's the idea that well, we feel comfortable as a black guy playing this character. That should be more of a white role. A white guy should have it. You know what I mean? And it's not trying to make it a racial thing, but the idea when he said that Hollywood isn't isn't racial like that, you know what I mean, but more of a sorority is so true and he's not part of that sorority yeah, yeah. he's part of that um adam sandler he is, Rob Snyder yeah. sorority where it's like hey look man you want to film hey chris i'm pitching my film all right and chris like all right paycheck yeah you know what i mean even though it well, might I be think, a bad film yeah you know and that's it, it's true well, and you know and well, just real quick i'll touch on one there's two points i want to make one i thought it was to me it's hilarious when chris rock's time all the work he's losing to kevin hart because to me like i said Chris Rock is a comic legend. I don't consider Kevin Hart a comic legend at no, all, Chris, by any right. But he did say that Kevin Hart keeps pumping movies out. He is, but remember, but remember in the 90s when Chris Rock was like at the height of his fame? He was doing the same thing. He was in Lethal Weapon 3. Yeah. He was in, he did EB, was EB40, right? CB40. Like, he was doing a lot of movies, too, back in when he was in his height in the 90s, too. So, I mean, but he, I would still argue that... Like Chris Rock, comedically, is still a comic legend in my eyes. Because Chris Rock is still doing movies, but the problem is that I think Chris Rock's humor now, it, if you put it in a movie context, is too intelligent to put in a movie. Yeah, yeah, and it would yeah. be good. Like he had that one movie. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but the movie comes to mind is "I Think I Love My Wife." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and that movie is a good movie. It be I think to enjoy it, you have to be an older man. You have to be like our age, yeah. and you watch it, and you'll find it hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Because things he deal with, whatever this younger female kind of seducing him, and then he comes home to a wife who he loves her, she loves him, but the magic not just don't seem to be there like it should because mm-hmm. they have kids and they have all these other engagements. They have to go around town and, and this that and you know and it's just he's like. Going through scenarios in his head, like maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, you know. And at the end, 
he comes close yeah. to Machina's wife, but he bails yeah. and he goes back home to his wife. He's like, nah, I can't do it, you know, because he was he spent one night like he's like forty something out of nightclub five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, he's like, what am I still doing? It's five o'clock in the morning. I mean, I, he was at next work a, a wreck because you know us older guys can't handle it like that, right? And, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the difference. Well, another movie too that he was in recently was what Death at a Funeral. They did Death at a Funeral, which with, he was really Martin good Lawrence, in. Yeah, yeah, Martin Lawrence, and then which and then what Kevin Hart was also in that. Yeah, and he was funny in a little bit. He was, but I mean, watching I thought watching Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence, who are again both I Martin Lawrence also a comic legend. Yeah, uh, in his own right, you know, seeing the two of them play off each other was was fantastic. What's really funny though, I'll say about Kevin Hart is. Kevin Hart did pay respect to Chris Rock, how comic book legend is, with one episode of um, Hollywood Husbands, whatever, because oh, Chris right? Rock was on there. Yeah. And they were like, they would go places, mm-hmm. and if Chris Rock did something, Kevin Hart would try to do it, and it wouldn't work as right. Yeah. Like, yeah, they yeah. went to a jewelry store, and Kevin Hart, and Chris Rock's like, hey, let me try that Rolex on, and he put it on, and then Chris Rock started walking out of the building, and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, he's like yeah, and he's like, you're about to steal that watch. Like, no, 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 I'm advertising it. <laughs> and he like just left out the building and Chris was like yeah I'm gonna get the watch he's like walk out and they're like you're trying to steal the watch he's like whoa he's like he's like, dude you're Kevin Hart that's cool he's Chris Rock yeah. you know what I mean he, he he's he's your forefather respect right. him you know what I mean they the whole episode they played it kind of like it was always that game throughout the episode that was kind of funny but I think that was great the only thing that was really awkward is that one bit he had with Stacey Dash Oh, that, and I heard the, the there was also the bit with the Asian kid, the Asian accountants. You see that? I one? see that one. He, like, he said that the Hollywood accountants and then a bunch of Asian kids come out carrying briefcases. I've been apparently that didn't fly very well. No, it's like, dude, your opening monologue was genius. Yeah. In this, where I think that's where Chris Rock fails. Yeah. He kind of keeps trying to push that envelope a little bit. Right. Envelope push. You brought Stacey Dash out there. Stacey Dash, very foul taste in her mouth. Oh, All everybody the, hates every, her right now. Dude, everybody yeah. hates Stacey Dash, and she's so sexy. And, and no, like, not anymore, man. Dude, she was she was very sexy on um, the single ladies for a minute, you know. And it's just the idea that she wants to do where Black History Month, and then she's on. She's like, "Hope you guys enjoy Black History Month." It's the twenty eighth. Yeah. <laughs> you serious? You just really say that? Well, I, I thought he, one one thing I thought he did great though was making everybody buy his daughter's Girl Scout cookies. I thought that was fantastic. People in Hollywood actually raising their hand to buy Girl Scout cookies. Half of them are on diets; they don't want to touch sugar to begin with. Yeah, but I mean Tina Fey. I love, again, I love Tina Fey. She's so honest about herself. She's like, I bought like three boxes of Samoans. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, but uh, Chris Rock was fantastic. I mean, yeah. comic legend, telling it how it is, doing what he does best, stand-up comedy. Um, I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, I hope I didn't offend anybody with my quote. I wasn't Dude, trying to quote. Get over it. But at any rate, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, don't, I know, but still, you, you know, I, I, hate using you the word. I hate using the word, but I just, you know. Now, um. <laughs> I, I no, never we, use that word. What? Have, I, what? Have, have you? You, oh, once, you, once. You, grab, you grab some Snoop Dogg songs. <laughs> just let it fly, baby. Snoop Dogg, baby, doggy style. No, the but it was really, really. Um, also, shouts to Leo for getting his first award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean that that got out of the way, so it was funny. The memes were best. The memes oh, yeah, were great. And the Wolf of Wall Street dancing. dancing. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was the best. That's the best meme. But um, you know, the night. Um, I'm not sure um, about all the major winners there was happening at the Oscars. I didn't really keep yeah, up with I didn't, I, 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 For me, I watched the opening monologue and then I called it. I didn't stick around for the rest of it. I just, for me, this is how I feel about the Oscars. I already give these people a lot of my money because I like to watch movies. But I'll be damned if I'm going to sit in front of the TV and watch them give each other awards 
and suck each other off. Well, Mad Max like won six <laughs> awards. Did it really? Yes. What it, it didn't get best picture though. It didn't get best picture. It got best director, best like um, I think it was like cinematography, best costume, best like it's a lot of random stuff, whatever. Like all these random like things, whatever. But it didn't get best like actor and stuff like that. But definitely, you know, he got his award out of it. That movie, and they mentioned like. Tom Hardy like three times out of the, like the six awards they heard and they yeah, mentioned yeah. they got so I mean Mad Max was a, was the big winner of the night yeah yeah so that's definitely creep from the line it's kind of cool best though, picture man. was Spotlight I didn't see that one Spotlight's the movie about the the journalist undercovering the Catholic Church. yeah yeah I know I, I've heard of it but I haven't seen it I watched uh, and once again that's that's that man Michael Keaton another movie Michael Keaton yeah. Back to back years, he nominated and same director too. You right? Think about that. Shit. I think it was the same director too. Mm-hmm. So Michael Keaton, man, I did, creeping. I did watch Bridge of Spies the other night. All right, that's a good movie. Is it? it I tell you, um, well, first off, it's Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, so you really can't go wrong right there. You already have a formula for success. It's supposed to yeah, not go wrong. But it was. I mean, if you're into if you're into Cold War history, it's a and even if you're not, it's a really compelling thriller because here's this guy who gets hired to so. Just so you understand, it's it's obviously taking place in the Cold War. It's 1950s. It surrounds the events of the Rudolph of the Rudolph Abel spy trial and the downing of the first U two or one of the, of a U two flight with uh, Francis Gary Powers and the um, uh, spy the spy or not spy trade but the prisoner exchange because the Russians had Gary Powers, we had Rudolph Abel and each of our countries wanted these individuals back because they were they had classified information. So, and at the same time, there's another American student who's captured in the in Eastern Germany. So Tom Hanks is, as the lawyer, Donovan has to negotiate to get Gary Powers back and this other American back um, in this trade. And it's a really good back and forth and good spy thriller. Good, so check it out. I I recommend it. I can definitely see why it was nominated for Best Picture. Awesome. Good stuff. So we're moving on. What we're going to talk about now here, we got a little toss up. We got a little bit of football action. Yeah. The past weekend, we had the combine. Yes, we did. Yep. The combine happened last weekend. Did anyone pop out of there that we should be watching? Because you were telling me there weren't a lot of good quarterbacks. Man, this or... is not a great year for the combine. It wasn't. The coolest thing was Rich Eisen beating his time on Rich Eisen. He's an announcer for NFL Network. Yeah, he beat it. He got a personal best at running the forty. He runs a forty dollar dash every year at the combine <laughs> in his suit. And yeah, he yeah. has he he been training all winter yeah. for this whatever. And they had a little sketch thing, a little little three minute video on it. Mm-hmm. And he had his personal best. Beyond that, bad quarterback class, bad receiver class, mm-hmm. um, deep defense class, um, defensive ends, defensive tackles look great. Um, the guys will be. Big time guy from Ohio State. He had a terrible combine. Yeah, yeah. Which surprised everybody. Like Joey Bo, I think. Joey Bosa, whatever. He's huge. Mammoth of a guy. But he ran slowly. He jumped terribly. Sure. You know, so eh, that's the combine. Um, other news past weekend, you had Peyton Manning, where they were talking about Denver saying he was going to retire. And Peyton Manning refuted those, whatever. And then today, he was trolling at a press conference, telling everybody, hey, I got an announcement, everybody. And everybody's kind of like, what? He said, Papa John's offering 50% off on pizzas with some, some, some. So he, he's on his joke, whatever. But he's like, refu- he, he wants to play football next year. But NFL 
is Sally trying to push him out? And I think he's like, the media is making this happen. And Peyton, I don't think you understand that it's happening for good reason. The the announcers, the respect of the journalists and the announcers, they don't want to see you play bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, mean, I don't want to let, like, last Super Bowl was bad. Last season was bad. Yeah. We want to remember 2006 Peyton Manning. Gunslinger, sure. just strong yeah. arm, killing overfield. We didn't like seeing Dan Marino go through the twilight years. That yeah, wasn't yeah. fun. I mean, not everyone can be Brett Favre. <laughs> Brett Favre, despite the, I mean, he, the unicorn himself. He, yeah, he was still doing doing it as old as he was. He's going to Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, that motherfucker could still throw for the yards. Yeah, he could play right now. He's He's just a he's country strong. That's what it is. It's just <laughs> it's some Wrangler jeans, man. Dude, he's country some, strong. It's some Wrangler you, jeans. You know what I mean? It's just the guy. He doesn't hit a lot of weights. You know what I mean? Just gets on his tractor, does his farm thing. He's just country boy strong. Always has been from Mississippi. Yeah. Just thrown. He just a monster. Pain Manning. I think they still want to see him go through another bad yeah. year. And also the idea: this dude's supposed to make twenty million dollars next year. Wow, twenty million. You want to be twenty million for that? Yeah. No. Where well, Brock Then o- their backup quarterback, Brock Osweiler, is due to be a free agent. My feeling is, like, if he wants to stay connected to the NFL, why doesn't he become a coach or something? Become an offensive coach or, like, a, a quarterback coach or something like that where he can actually be useful. I mean, because he is a strategist. Like, he knows how to call plays. Well, they're and- saying that Peyton Manning, when he retires, he's going to – they they could see him. Bill Polian, good friend, guy drafted him. Yeah. Said that Payne would take a job – as more of a general manager. Okay, yeah, actually. Yeah. Player personnel, general manager, pick the groceries out. I like that player. I like the way he plays. Yeah. Da, 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 and pick him on a team. Kind of like Elway does for the Broncos. Sure. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So he wants to do something like that. So it's, Peyton Manning needs to, I just just hang it up. He's he just he's turning 40. He's like yeah. 40, dog. Well, not only that, but I mean, if, if, all he has to do is go back and watch the Super Bowl. If he goes back and watches the Super Bowl, he can, it, it can't, be any more obvious that it's time for him to hang up the cleats, man. So I mean, I don't like I don't like the idea that the NFL try to let him gracefully leave. Right. It, it, NFL's like you're done, right? Yeah, you say it. Yeah. Go ahead, and he didn't want to do it, and now it's kind of like, are you going to pull a Brett Favre here and keep trying to like? I mean, because eventually a team will say, all right, Peyton, we'll take you because he's smart. Yeah. He'll play, but I don't want to see it. It's be like Jordan back in '99 playing for the Wizards. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Yeah, exactly. You know. So uh. I mean, the way I see it, he will go out on a high note. You won your second Super Bowl. All right, people are gonna remember you for that. Granted, you didn't play great, but, but you got nothing left to prove. Yeah, you nothing left. Just to prove. just go out on a high note. So yeah. now speaking of quarterbacks, let's bring it back to some local Redskins news. All right, Kirk Cousins contract negotiations. The guy wants twenty million. Which, if I'm the Redskins ownership, I'm probably pretty apt to give it to him, considering that. He got us to he got us the division title. Now, like we said, for our division, it was pretty awful. But is he worth twenty million? I mean, and then if he's not, is there someone worth drafting? Which, based on what we were just talking about, doesn't sound like it. That's the case. Yeah, it's not a lot out there. So, with the idea, Kirk Cousins right now he's in a he is in a buyer's market. Sure, absolutely. So teams they need quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins knows that he goes out in free agency. There's teams like the Browns. Mm-hmm. There's uh, um, Browns is the first team top of my head. I just yep. went with them first. They have a new coach, Johnny Manziel's out. Um, yep. McCown, he's trash. That's the first team top of my head. Like they need quarterback. The Rams, 
they need a quarterback, and they're moving to L.A. So yeah. they need something to bring some kind of, like, yeah. love there, you know? And the idea that Sam Bradford is getting paid how much? $36 million. For two fucking years. Yeah. $20 million guaranteed. Yeah. They've just been in the league for, ten, like, six years, going on seven years. Mm-hmm. He made over $100 million. Not one playoff appearance. Wow. Like his, when he got drafted by the Rams, he got $50 million guaranteed. Wow. He was the last of the big contracts. Yeah. And he got $50 so, million I mean, guaranteed. You know? Do you, think the, do you think the Redskins should dish out the money? What do you think? I mean, I'm a Redskins fan. I'll tell you, I've seen... I, what I, I say is, Redskins, just franchise them. Yeah. Which were they done? They what put, you do, and stay with it. Because I would be buyer beware myself. And if I'm the Redskins, I guess I would... Feel that way, especially the idea that we saw a year of Robert Griffin the third. Yeah, he had a sensational rookie year. Mm. Second year, well, not so much. And third year, well, what the hell is happening? So Kirk Cousins, you give him one great year, well, that's pretty nice. And then if he's lighting it up midway through yeah. the second season. It's not hard for you guys to walk up to him. Hey, come to the office. Yeah, yeah, Here, yeah. Here, this is the contract I mean, we give you true. before we become the free agent. But, I mean, I think the difference between Robert and Griffin... Right, like I would say the difference between Robert Griffin, Griffin and Kirk, though, is that Kirk has demonstrated the capacity to learn and to actually get better. Where Robert Griffin, Griffin he came out the gate looking good, but he, even despite the injury, he didn't seem like he had a very good capacity to learn. Like, he just he, he couldn't fit in with the offense... He did it was the team. He wasn't being accepted amongst the team. He wasn't getting along with the coaches. Like, it, like there's there's a lot of reasons why Robert Griffin wasn't the star quarterback. It's not just just not necessarily just because of his skills. Right. It's because his personality. He, his to be personality. Team. Yeah. Kirk, on the other hand, like he didn't have such a great. Remember, he got his start last like this last season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Demonstrated some talent, but and then they didn't make him a starter, and he made a lot of mistakes. Was throwing interceptions. Like was not a strong quarterback. But he learned over the summer. They they fought for the starter, the starting title. He got it. His 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 uh be, his performance in the beginning of the year of this last season was okay. But it wasn't until midway to latter half of the season where he was really blowing it up. He was the best quarterback in the summer. Yeah, exactly. So I would say he he's what's what's great about Kirk is that he's shown a capacity to learn and get better over time, which. And so I don't necessarily need a guy that can come out and be fantastic right at the gate because what happens if you just like plateau, right? Like you're not getting any better, and maybe you're getting a little worse because eventually other other defenses are going to learn your offense at some point. Yeah. So all you're doing is just you're just you're just consistent. But I need a, we need someone that I, I would say that has a capacity to learn and get better over time. Does that make sense? It makes sense. You want to see your you want to see your quarterbacks. Your team quarterback excel into an elite quarterback, right? But I think what you're saying is right, though. Like, if they can convince him to, like, okay, we'll promise you X amount now, and if you demonstrate, that it's you're not even X promise. This is boom, we franchise you, so you yeah. know the franchise tag. You get paid nineteen point nine million dollars for this year. Yeah, yeah. And if we're sitting there week eleven and we're above five hundred and we're competing for a playoff spot, then I'm like, hey, Kirk Cousins, come on to my office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I'm gonna break this checkbook open for you. Yeah, sure. And, and you you prove you prove that this wasn't just a four month fluke, a three month fluke at the end of the season. You're showing that you're taking strength to the next level, and I want you to be our face. This is yeah, face yeah. money. 
you're good. You know, um, to Robert Griffin III's defense, though, I would say that getting drafted, we knew what kind of quarterback he was going to be. When he played West Virginia, he, not sorry, West Virginia, not sorry, apologies, Baylor, all right? He had two great wide receivers, Josh Gordon, he's been suspended, but when he played, he was an absolute monster, you know, and another guy, I can't remember his name right now, top of my head, um, he played for the Tennessee Titans, though. He did short passes, they made long passes out of him. When he played the first season, they did the read option play, read option, which pretty much is, hey, make you read the defense, if they can play the run, you, you take the ball back, you throw it to an open man, pitch and catch. Or if they play pass, you hand off the running back, bada-bing, Alfred Morris is a monster. Right. Now, the negatives is the Redskins, we need to fix the run game. The run game's a problem. You know what I mean? Alfred Morris ran really well with Robert Griffin. Last year, he ran like trash. The running yeah. back side team was pure trash. Jordan Reed was a major part of what... Yeah, it was. Yeah. Part of what... Kirk Cousins was last year. The receiving core is a joke as well. Deshaun Jackson, just cut him. I'm done with him. I'm done with Deshaun Jackson. I'm, I'm done no, with I'm him. I'm not going to cut him because he's still got a lot of talent. He makes a lot of dumb decisions he's, in the field. Like, uh, don't, don't, don't get me started. I, I still think about that Dallas game where he ran backwards for 20 yards. Yeah, love that. Oh, my God. I wanted to oh, – I, yeah, I jumped five feet, five feet in the air. But at me. the same time, you guys said that with Rob Griffin third, and same thing – you bet Robert Griffin III and Colin Kaepernick, they played the same off. They ran the same offenses. And Colin Kaepernick excelled in it. And then when the NFL got rid of it, saying, like, hey, once you do the read option, the quarterback is a running back, and you can hit the quarterback now. Oh, yeah. Magically, Robert Griffin III, Mr. Ego said, Mr. Subway commercials, Mr. Night commercials, <laughs> Mr. I'm doing everything, says that I could become Peyton Manning. I could throw like Peyton Manning. No, you can't, motherfucker. No, you can't. Peyton Manning's been in the league for 10 years. Yeah. He started off, Peyton Manning started off like shit. And he got he got better, like you said. You want to see your quarterback do that. Yeah, you want to see. Start him, off bad. Yeah. And you, see, you want to see the initial talent. And then you want to see growth. Mm-hmm. But also how the growth is the idea that having the same offensive coordinator, having the same yeah. coach, and stability is such a major thing. Stability hurts quarterbacks like right now, Matt Ryan. Yeah. He's stifled by stability. Philip Rivers, he's stifled by stability. I mean, since he's been in the league, I think he's had like three head coaches. Yeah, and, you know? and I will say that you know, to Griffin's discredit or credit, he had to deal with the fact that Shanahan left and uh, Gruden came in. And let's be honest, Kirk Cousins is Gruden's guy. Like we, that was at the same time though. Never a secret. But here it is though. There was some hidden stuff there because you understand, Griffin got drafted. Kirk Cousins and Griffin got drafted the same year. That's true. So no. somehow. Somehow, Shanahan knew, hey, this Griffin guy, he's supreme talent, and I can't pass him up. Matter of fact, we have second pick. Yeah. I'm like, we moved to a second pick to get him. We need a quarterback, yeah. and he's supreme talent. I'm going to do this because if I do this, they'll drum me out of Washington for having McNabb out there and Rex Grossman out there oh, the previous, previous season before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if I don't bring a quarterback here first round, they'll kill me. But I like him, but I like what Kurt does. Yeah, because Kurt at Michigan State is a gamer. Kurt's oh, yeah. always been a gamer. You know, what I mean, he's a dude. I'm down in a game. I'm not out, and he's gonna try to wheel and deal. I like the guys. Quarterbacks usually that deal with that don't deal with success in college that go to NFL. Mm-hmm. They're the best quarterbacks. You sure, never sure. hear about quarterbacks winning all levels. 
Cam Newton was almost that guy. He was. He, boy, he but you that, saw how Cam Newton yeah, reacted yeah. to losing. He sure did. All levels. Oh, Cam can't know how to lose. He yeah. don't know how to lose. Yeah, yeah. Where you have other guys, Elway, he's lost mm-hmm. at Cal. He's won at Cal. You know what I mean? The the game where, if you remember the game, I'm not sure you've ever seen that clip, but it's the, it's, the, it's one of the most famous college football clips where the football player runs to the, the, the marching band. Mm-hmm. That was John Elway losing. Yeah, yeah. John Elway lost Stanford. You know what I mean? That is like there's um, Marino lost in college playing at Pitt. You know, there's a lot of people. Payne Manning lost at Tennessee. Yeah. So I mean, uh, you had Tom Brady lose at Michigan. So it's the idea that sometimes winning quarterbacks don't want him. You want to see the gamers, the ones that go with adversity because they know how the idea that I have to work harder to get this. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's it's interesting. This football season. I think um, at later on this week, um, I think next week, free agency starts. And that's when my favorite part of the season begins. I love free agency. It's good. <laughs> Seeing teams trying to work their money, work yeah. their payroll, or I'm going to cut this guy, add this guy. It's like playing fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, that's what I like doing. It's, it's fantastic. You know. Well, good stuff. Well, we've, we've uh, discussed quite a few things this evening. We're at uh, the 52-minute mark. Uh, I don't know, man. Got anything else? That's, I think that's pretty solid. Um, beyond that, um, we got um, next week. We you got, got so I think I want to know this is hilarious. So Nick and I before the show we're talking. We're trying to cut down on our uhs and our ums because it sounds really unprofessional. Nick has been tracking his the entire night, which I think is hilarious. At first, I didn't realize what he was tracking until <laughs> just now. So, it, and we're going to make a, a concerted effort to stop using um and uh and. Sound a little more professional. You know, I what helped me out to understand this and try to figure this out was I was listening to ESPN Radio. I listen a lot of ESPN Radio, especially when I drive to work. And on Sunday morning, they have usually a gamut of they have like a lot of random stuff. Like Saturday morning, they do the golf show. Yeah, you know, and then Sunday usually toss up like NBC takes over the show for whatever is the radio mm-hmm. station, and they play something. So they had an interview with some guy, and this guy. He was talking about the idea that he had to learn how to be color commentary. Because, like, doing doing commentary when something's happening is easy. You could talk about, all right, Jones driving the lane, Joel passes something so to Smith. Smith dunks it. Oh, good play. But what do you talk about when there's nothing happening? Yeah. You know, and when something doesn't happen or you're trying to find an idea or try to find an idea, you fall into the word, um... Or uh, yeah. or that, and you elongate words. And technically, in the mass media world, that is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're amateur. We're pretty amateur at this right now. Yeah. Uh, well, we're at episode what's is this episode seven? Episode eight. Eight. All right. Yeah. So we're haven't hit the teens yet. So we're still trying to figure out. But we're trying to do our homework. And we're trying to get good at this. We really are. You know, <clears throat> and I pra- I practice myself. Practically, it feels like nightly because I up I try to do two videos um, on my YouTube channel. Yeah, check that out by the way. Uh, Nick does a uh, week weekly nightly. It feels like a daily. Like I upload a daily video. So a daily video of him playing uh, some hot new games. I think he's doing XCOM two right I'm now. XCOM two right now, and I'm gonna start Life is Strange. I downloaded that on my PC. Life is Strange is a game, and it's more one of the games where I actually sit back. And let the game do all the talking because it's story driven. Yeah, yeah. It's very story driven. I just click buttons and I make choices and I kind of react to choices like they do, you know. And eventually, yeah. I might get a, I might get an actual camera so see my reactions. Because I realized that on my XCOM videos, when I watch my XCOM videos over, 
I'm quiet for a long time. And it's not because I'm I don't have nothing to talk about. It's because I'm in shock. Yeah, yeah. I'm in like the hell just happened. So yeah, if you're if you're into gaming, check that out. That's that's, that's good stuff. And my channel is uh, Anubis Seven. That's A U A N U B U S Seven. And look on there. That's my gamer tag essentially. But you can find me on there, and I, I I'm gonna upload videos. It's my thing, little side hobby that I do for fun. But nevertheless, um, we're looking to make Wednesdays. Maybe our Geek Wednesdays. Yeah. Because it'd be kind of good to put that together, knowing the fact that DVDs coming out the game of the week. You have video games come out on Tuesdays. Yep. Comic books come out on Wednesdays. Yep. You know, so it's a lot of things at the beginning of the week. Everything comes out. And we can just talk about stuff. Yep. And we can actually talk about a lot of fun subjects. People very lighthearted and this sure. and that. And then by the weekend, we can talk about what happened locally, happened socially, happened around the world. We have a group, large group of things to talk about. And we could actually put together and it'd be easier to people that identify that what we want to talk about and how we want to put together and enjoy themselves and essentially, hey, do we want to listen to Wednesday, listen to geek stuff and geek out and hear us like talk about video games and comic books and movies and stuff like that, which we love talking about or we, we want do. to hear about yeah. the weekends and we talk about, we try to put all together and we find that we have a hard time fitting all everything in this little gumbo of Gumbo. It's, it's, a, it's a it's smattering a, of topics, and for, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, we try to track what, how, you know, how we're doing. We want to know what you're listening to, and try to see what you guys are responding to. And so, please, um, more feedback would be yeah. fantastic because we want to become better, and we want to make people happy. We want to talk about people. We want to talk about what people want to hear. Yeah, you know, because we have all kinds of interests. We talk yeah. about all kinds of stuff. So. We do, and we just we're just trying to figure out. We literally sit down and we figure out an idea for a podcast three minutes before we start going. We're like, yeah. well, what do you have? All right, boom. Usually, Fig us like, hey, I have these ideas, bam, bam, bam. I, I think about it daily. Like, all right, I have to have these ideas. What am I watching? What are we doing? Like, Super Tuesday, you guys probably wondering why we didn't talk about Super Tuesday. It's too serious. Yeah, well, not only that, but I think, too, on top of it, it's covered so much in the media. Yeah, so do you like, want to hear us talk about it, too? Yeah. I mean, I can say the same thing the media is saying. Like, we all hate Trump. <laughs> so, Trump's a racist guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Bernie Sanders doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell, probably against Sorry. Hillary. So, I mean, it, it's it is what it is, you know. Um, any rate, folks, thanks for joining us tonight. We had a good time. I think you can tell we had a good time. Yeah. And uh, we're looking again. We'll we'll talk to you again this weekend. Hopefully, we got some stuff going on. Um, I don't know what is going on this weekend? I think Whiskey Tango Foxtrot opens this weekend. That new Tina Fey movie that looks good like could be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't think there's a whole heck of a lot going else going on, unfortunately. Nothing, really. And it's all right, I guess. I mean, it's March, so, I mean, things are... We have, I guess we haven't really looked at the social calendar yet, because it is March, and things at, are going to pop yeah, up. Yeah, I've been trying to check Hampton Ro- HamptonRoads.com pretty re- re- regularly, and I'm not seeing a whole lot, but... At any rate, we'll have something to talk about, I'm sure. So tune in uh, for the next episode Saturday night. Until then, you folks have a good night. Enjoy your work days. Make it the weekend. Thank you guys much. <laughs>